0: Today on The Faction, we celebrate the birthday of a legend. Happy birthday to the nature boy, Ric Flair. Plus, it was new release day in WWE. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more today on The Faction. Son, what's up, family? Happy Monday! It's the last Monday of February, and so many of you have asked for it. There was no way we weren't bringing you a podcast today. Way too much has happened in the last few days for us not to talk about it. So you know what's about to go down, at you, man. GB, we're getting ready to talk about the wonderful world of pro wrestling, and I'm never alone today i've got a good brother hanging out with me yeah he's officially one of the good brothers he's from the remix but he's a good family member here at the faction my dude james white is with me what's up brother i'm not sure if i'm supposed to
1: say salute my people or not i don't know if that's (laughs) that's appropriate it is
0: not a requirement sir no it's not
1: i I don't want the big guy coming after me
0: oh Um, man
1: yeah, I want to stay on the good side. I'm not like Prince. I want to uh, stay on, <laughs> on the good side. Yeah. But happy to be here, man. Good afternoon to
0: you. Man, it's good to have you here. It's uh, going to be a fun, fun day. Of course, uh, we've got Clack and Courtney who are out doing all the things that they tend to do at times on a Monday. But the faction continues on, of course, with you hanging out. How was your weekend, man?
1: Weekend was good. Weekend okay. was good. I'm, I'm very tired. Okay. And um, it's a good time. I started to do an yes. exercise regimen with my son, uh-huh. my youngest son, okay. and um, he has what we call metabolism, y- y- and yes. um, <laughs> and I do not. So it's, it's it funny
0: how they have that at like fourteen and fifteen.
1: And, in yeah. abundance. I mean, yes. he's great. I mean, yes. you know, this guy can eat anything and still run yes. for six miles, and mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I saw a Hardee's commercial, and I gained five pounds. So. <laughs> uh, so it's a little different for me, but yeah. but it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. But a very good weekend. Very quiet Saturday. Um, my my Lakers are in trouble, but that's not anything related to this yeah. particular show.
2: Yeah. Um.
1: But I tell you what, man, I got my WrestleMania sweat on. As you see, yes, yes. You see, I got mine. Absolutely. So I, it's WrestleMania season. I don't, you know, I know we've got these other pay per views that they got to get out of the way, but mm-hmm. it is WrestleMania season now, so I'm excited for it.
0: Absolutely. Well, I have to tell you a very funny story about my weekend. So the weekend was pretty much going pretty chill, no real, you know, issues or anything. Uh, so the church that I work at uh, is literally right down the street from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, um, and so you know we uh, we tend to host parking whenever there are events there and and the like. So I'm having a conversation yesterday with the first lady, her mom, and her mother-in-law. And we're all just randomly talking about a bunch of things. And I look outside, and I promise you as I'm sitting here, the WWE truck rides right past wow. the church, I literally hightailed it. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And I ran. I ran down the aisle, out of the church, down the street, because they oh. were at the light, because, the, um, of course, they're here tonight for Raw. And right. That, and the uh, State Farm Center is literally right around the corner from Mercedes-Benz. And I snapped a picture because I was like, "There's no way that the truck's oh, wow. gonna be right here." And I don't. And I ran back, <laughs> and I was like, "Sorry, guys, my bad." <laughs> and they were like, "Wait a minute, did you run track? Like you had high knees and everything?" And I was like, "Hey, you know, it's just—it's oh, one of those. It's what we do, and uh, it's hey, this is what we do. It's what we this do. is who we are."
1: Exactly. And, and you we have to own that. I was talking yeah. with another good brother Michael Dixon yes. about it and we were talking about how there has to be a space for those of us who love God and love wrestling. Absolutely. At the same time, and we Absolutely. need to start creating some things. GB, you need to kind of get that going because it's in your spirit. Yeah, It's, yeah. it's already, I, yeah. already. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's cooking. It's cooking. <laughs> it is cooking. I promise you. So, <laughs> hey, we've got a lot to get to on today's show. So much has happened. I do want to start strangely in that. Well, it's not strange for us. I want to start in Japan. Because uh, New Japan, for the last two days, they held their Honor Rising pay-per-view, a co-branded pay-per-view with Ring of Honor. Uh, it's second consecutive night uh, in Tokyo at Korakuen Hall. And it's funny, because before I run through the card, I was on the show Wednesday, and I asked a very important question. Things seem to happen here on The Faction. So <laughs> I asked the question, is the G1... Supercard happening in Madison Square Garden, the fire festival of pro wrestling. Because we (laughs) had not received or heard anything about one single match. And then Honorizing happens. Let's talk about what happened there. So, Marty Skrull, this is night two, Marty Skrull defeats. Robbie Eagles, Colt Cabana, and—excuse t- me, I'm sorry. It's Marty—they Sc- got this wrong. Let's try this oh. again. Okay. Marty Scurll defeats Robbie Eagles. Colt Cabana and Toru defeated Cheeseburger and Delirious. Toa Hanari and Jonathan Gresham defeated Zack Sabre Jr. and Taka Majinoku. That's crazy. Whoa. Whoa. Right, right. Will Ospreay and Hiroki Goto defeated Dalton Castle and Jeff Cobb. Tetsu Naito and Shingo Tagaki defeated uh, Vinny Marseglia and Matt Taven for the ROH World Championship. Jay Lethal uh, retained against TKO Ryan uh, for the IWGP Tag Championships. Tama Tonga and Tongaloa, Loa, that's the Gorillas of Destiny, defeated Evil and Sonata to regain the championships. And then the Briscoes defeated Juice Robinson and David Finley to retain the ROH Tag Titles. Following that came an interesting challenge, which is giving us our first match for the G1 Supercard as the Gorillas of Destiny challenged the Briscoes in a title for title match that's going to happen at MSG the night before WrestleMania in kind of a first time ever. Situation where the Ring of Honor tag titles and the IWG tag titles, IWGP tag titles, are on the line in the same match. Um, What do you think about this, brother? I
1: think there were in times past that ROH really needed New Japan. Yes. I think we're at a time now where New Japan really needs ROH. Very clearly. And... I think their show is in trouble Mm -hmm. in April. Mm -hmm. I think when they created this thing, it was on the backs of the boys who are at AEW right now. Absolutely. And a great chunk. I mean, it's it's like the Bulls in the 90s and Jordan and Pippen left. Right, like, right. Like, what are you gonna do? Because mm-hmm. you still have to play these games, but yes. you know there's no way you're gonna win. Yes. And now they're showing up to the biggest weekend in wrestling with the probably the third best card. Hmm. That's going to be there that weekend. Or maybe yeah. the fourth best, depending. Yeah, on it may be fourth, fourth or, fifth. or fifth
0: because this, yeah. I know there's one crew uh, who's doing. Th- there's one crew that has. Uh, Will Ospreay and Pac together as a tag team? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, that's sick! Impact mm-hmm. Wrestling is bringing back RVD, um, and I forgot who is. Ta- I forgot who his tag partner. It's RVD and Sabu against you the got- Lucha Brothers. Sure. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I mean, like, these guys yeah. are coming for blood, and we know NXT TakeOver is going to be crazy. You mm-hmm. know, we've got some already matches signed for WrestleMania, which are going to be fantastic. So, if other folks are going to come do this, and, and and as I was saying Wednesday, I have a lot of concerns about this G1 Supercard. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, we were super excited when it was sold out. Like, it was it was such a big deal. Mm-hmm. But now understanding that it was sold out, obviously, on the back of Kenny Omega and the Bucks and Cody Rhodes, you have a very interesting situation because right now, on if you go to Ticketmaster, 75% of that building is up for resale. Mm. That's a problem. Ooh. It's a major problem. And, you know, one of the other things that we know is that, for instance, the winner of the New Japan Cup which is going to kick off next month, will get the title shot uh, for the IWGP Championship against Jay White. But here's the problem. You're six weeks out. You don't have a card. And you are taking for granted that people uh, are going to show up. Just because they bought the ticket doesn't mean they're going to show up. And the one thing you do not want if you're Ring of Honor or if you're New Japan to walk into Madison Square Garden and it is not sold out. Like like all Man. those butts aren't in the seats? Man. That's going to be a they, problem.
1: They misplayed their hand with this. They did. you know. They to really me, did. this show is the make or break show. I mean, I, I don't know they were close to getting to that level yeah. as far as competing with the WWE. And i would sure. always said they got a long way to go even though the talent was great. Sure. But the thing that was making the talent great with the non-Japanese wrestlers. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're not coming to America right. with the Japanese show. Right. Right. We're not coming to see that. As, as great as Okada is, mm-hmm. as great as Naito is, I know Brandon loves to tease little Naito. Yeah. I know he loves to do that. <laughs> um, but the combination of the AEW boys leaving and Kushida leaving. Yes. Like, you're they showing up. They lost a lot of talent. They lost a lot. They, and then they lost a lot, lot of Lost them. I, I use this analogy. Um, I remember when Paul Gasol got to the Lakers, mm-hmm. and and Paul Gasol hadn't practiced with the Lakers for the first game. He right. hadn't practiced with them at all. Doesn't know any of the plays. And the first game in, he scored like twenty four points, had twelve rebounds. And they asked Kobe Bryant about him. And he said, "Man, there is a god." Because Kobe, right, 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 the right. one guy made a whole difference for an entire roster. Mm. he slotted everybody in their places yeah and so people weren't overcompensating my nickname is Jay white when I go back home to Alabama my nickname is Jay white I and I don't want to see Jay white as a main event wrestler right now
0: yeah I, I <laughs> no yeah no yeah I, New I York just, Madison mm, Square Garden GB mm. no I, I gotta tell you when you think Madison Square Garden you do not think Jay white no you you, you don't think Jay white um I think New Japan and here's the crazy part. New Japan has built this whole expansion model based on the success that they've had in the last year or two. Think about this. Mm-hmm. They've already got, you know, the start of the G1 Climax tournament in Dallas this year, it's it's which great. is a great move, right? They've already signed up for Wrestle Kingdom to be two consecutive nights Jeez. in the Tokyo Dome. Like that's like literally WrestleMania two consecutive nights. Like, it's a huge undertaking. And, and you know who you need for that huge undertaking? They, Omega. They, they need them. Cody. They need that. Bucks. Because Jericho. Here's the, here's the other problem with trying to expand internationally. It is a very, ch- like, for instance, it's cool for those who have New Japan War or NJPW World to be able to watch the English commentary but the problem is the promos aren't done in English. Right. So it becomes very, very hard to understand what's being said. Mm-hmm. You know, that you don't know, and you need to know that. You can't mm-hmm. even tell from the reaction of the live audience mm-hmm. what's really going down. So we're just kind of, you know, ha- and, and language barriers are not what you want. When you're mm-hmm. trying to go international. Either everybody needs to speak English or they need to have a written translation on the bottom. Yeah. There just needs yeah. to be something. And it's funny because I've been obviously, as you have been as well, a huge advocate for New Japan. New mm-hmm. Japan for the last couple of years has been just amazing. Mm-hmm. But we now know why. Oh very clear. We clearly. now know why. You it know. was it was clear then. I mean, it was clear yes.
1: when Prince Debit, uh, a.k.a. Sure. Finn Balor, sure. was there. And look mm-hmm. at the noise that he made without ever being the IGWP
0: champion. Right, 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 right. You
1: know, but still, mm-hmm. he was, he Bullet Club the yeah. thing. And yeah. then when AJ got there, it became even more of the thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then when Kenny and the Elite took over, now all of a sudden, yeah. it became they were challenging for... They were the top news of 2017. They as really were. The rest were. of a
0: concerned. They really were. So
1: now to not have that in play and then not yeah. have a contingency plan yeah. to replace that level because yeah. I'm not coming to see Tama Tonga. I'm
0: not <laughs> with the
1: high pitched voice. Well, and not, here's, the, here's the
0: other thing that's problematic is that so much of what New Japan is doing right now to connect with America is leaning on Ring of Honor. So, you know, if I'm looking for a new Japan show and I get a Ring of Honor show, I'm automatically disappointed. And ben, this is not the Ring of Honor of two thousand six. No, it's not. You no. Know,
1: you're not, not getting Daniel Bryan and CM Punk right. and AJ and Samoa and, and Joe. Samoa Joe and yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. no, this, this isn't the same yeah. Ring of Honor here. You know, yeah. you get I mean, I like Jay Lethal very, very much. Sure. And Dalton Castle is a tremendous talent. Mm-hmm. But they're not filling up Madison Square Garden.
0: No. no Especially the
1: uh, night after ugh, takeover. takeover. Oh, my God.
0: Uh, so it's going to be very, very interesting to watch what happens uh, with this G1 situation. But I'm glad that at least we have one match that we can talk about. But you're going to need more than one <laughs> to make us go, hmm, this should be fun in Madison Square Garden. So we'll mm. certainly keep our eyes and ears peeled for what's happening with New Japan. So some But others... it's not
1: the Fire Festival though.
0: Well, we don't know yet. Well, it's not the Fire Festival yet. I'm gonna explain it... why it can never be the Fire Festival. Because there's actually a match happening. It's a match <laughs> happening
1: and New Japan people are smart enough never to involve themselves with
0: Jar Rules on uh... anything that they do
1: <laughs>
0: whatsoever. <laughs> Well, let's let's just hope this does not become ECW's December to dismember. Oh, oh, uh, now, now oh. It, it, we, we understand what happened with that pay per view,
1: oh, uh, which is still
0: probably the worst just, WWE-related pay per view oh, ever. Um, let's hope New Japan does not do that. Please, Lord, <laughs> it's, it'll be it'll be very, very, very problematic. Ooh. So, what did happen in WWE? Uh, over the weekend, uh, and we posted this on our Instagram account. You know, usually in the music world, Friday is considered new release day, and so you know that's when brand new music hits stores. You know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, it looked like this past Friday was release day in WWE, <laughs> as there are four releases to tell you about. Um, two of them actually asked for their release that being uh, Hideo Itami, or Kenta Kobayashi, and, of course, Ty Dillinger, who made his release uh, request public this past Tuesday. Matter of fact, on Wednesday, we asked if we thought the release would actually happen. So those two happened. But then a surprise one was TJ Perkins, uh, the first cruiserweight champion of the modern era. He's gone, and then a gifted producer... And Hall of Famer, Arn Anderson, gone. So that's, you know, in an era where we had heard WWE wasn't going to be releasing anybody for fear of people signing with AEW or New Japan, four releases to talk about of four very talented people who each have something to offer the business. So let me ask the question, do you think either of these four Will show up in, say, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, or will they kind of fade away and become obsolete?
1: First of all, seeing the name Arn Anderson being released under any circumstance. That
0: is just so wrong.
1: That's painful, man. Yeah. Um, This guy...
0: I love Arn Anderson.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm an NWA guy. Yes. You know, and Arn Anderson brought something to the table for the longest time. We're talking about a top 10 promo guy, too. Absolutely. This guy, you know, and, and a brilliant mind behind a lot of things that we've seen in WWE that we've liked. Right. So I don't know. Why? I, I didn't even know his name was. I didn't. I don't know the circumstances behind it. I don't have yeah. any details.
0: I've heard uh. that uh, it had to do with some run-ins with Vince, uh, and some clashes with Vince that have happened even at house shows. Ooh. Which I didn't know Vince was doing house shows, but obviously, if Vince gives a direction, Or a producer gives another, you've got a, de- a degree of conflict. So. And
1: then it's WrestleMania season.
0: Yeah, it's weird. You know, it's WrestleMania season. You got Ric Flair's birthday tonight, so the idea that Arn Anderson won't be to at- get fired before the man's birthday, like man. What? Like, but, but
1: once again, like I said, it's WrestleMania season, and so mm-hmm. the combination of AEW and what they're doing, yeah, and you can act like AEW is not a threat all you want, but <laughs> they're <a> clear uh, <laughs> threat. clearly, yeah, and and, and so it's kind of like when pastors get around uh, Easter season, um gets a little ornery you know so right you're <laughs> <get, right. laughs> a little uptight and yeah stuff. and so the grace that they would normally show you in other parts mm-hmm. of the year yeah it's not there you are liable to get cussed out right and um <laughs> <laughs> let alone fire right. and so this may may be a thing where the musician got on the bad side of the pastor wow. during At the, wrong Easter time season. Of the year. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um but i think it's a brilliant mind i I don't know what the infrastructure of A.W. is mm-hmm. um, to me. I hope they have a good one, but I'm yeah. quite sure they could use a, a brain sure. like Aaron Anderson. Now, as it relates to the other three, yeah. um, I wish them all the best. <laughs> uh, God bless them. I mean, we, we uh, T.J. Perkins, like, really?
0: um uh, 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 yeah, so the, the TJ Perkins story, I'm hearing that he has been rather difficult to work with behind the scenes, um, both yeah. in the locker room and with uh, the administration. So, uh, And plus, I also heard that he went and got a slew of tattoos. That a whole were gang not of approved. tattoos. Yeah,
2: yeah, they were not approved. It's kind of like
1: Malibu's Most Wanted. Like when you yeah. see the dude that's trying to be hard, but it's like, dude, bro. <laughs> right.
0: You still this, play video games, bro. Like this this like, ain't you. Like yeah.
1: like, like yeah. You, you still got honeycomb license plates on your bike. Like you <laughs> just you <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> come on.
3: You yeah. listen to one
1: Kendrick album and all of a sudden you think you're oh, right. no, that's yeah. this is not happening. It's, and then he also has some um uh, some interesting things to say about Ricochet during his debut Monday night, and I think oh, that's what sealed it. Oh
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I um you let's not do that.
0: Um, Let's not do that Let's not do that Um,
1: Dillinger Todd Dillinger had the nice 10 gimmick Which is very cool I used to do it I liked it Yeah. but um, In the ring very replaceable Mm. Um, But he's got Peyton Royce So I've been all back. He did something right
0: (laughs) He did something right
1: (laughs) So he got a 10 (laughs) There you go Um, He's going to need a 10 job To keep
0: Peyton (laughs) Listen Listen
1: so maybe he shows up in New Japan. What's the what's the Asian word for ten?
0: I think the sad part that happened to him, he kinda got squashed and it had nothing to do with him. You know, no. they they apparently got very upset about the fans always doing the ten when mm. the referees were counting. And so he ended up paying the price for that, which I think is incredibly unfair. You want the man to get over. He's over. Now you punish him for being over because no, that's not the reaction But want. Vince wants you to get over when he wants you over. But that's just – that's my point. That's yeah. my point. If you're not over in the way Vince wants you over, he will squash you, which is not – to me, it, it's counterproductive. You cannot ask for people to find a way to get over – they get over, and then you go, no, nah, you didn't get over. The, you didn't do it my way, so no. Yeah. You, you tell know. them to
1: grab the brass ring or whatever right. that means. Right. Because remember,
0: Daniel Bryan, it's the same thing.
1: Same was thing. Was it WrestleMania 28? Mm-hmm. You know, when he got squashed by yes. Seamus. and the next seconds. night, the next night, mm-hmm. he had the yes chance going. Right. And, the, and the fans with the signs, were the, and that began the whole thing. Absolutely. Okay, that wasn't – we know Vince doesn't like Daniel Bryan. Right, <laughs> <We> right, <laughs> right, right. Right. this.
2: Right. Yeah, but yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: I remember when Sandow got over. Him. Yes, and we were loving Sandow. Absolutely, and they released him. Um, yeah. so it's just it's it's a weird dynamic. I thought I thought there was some more juice to that gimmick. Sure, but but, but also he never he got didn't off pres- the
0: ground in WWE.
1: He also yeah. didn't provide something else besides the gimmick. Right, like he he just had the ten. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there wasn't something else that endeared you to him to see him right. in the ring. Right. And that's the thing that Stone Cold found out. That's the thing that The mm-hmm. Rock found out. That's what Becky Lynch is doing now. Right. I'm I'm not dying with this one thing. I'm adding elements to it. He, Absolutely. He didn't, he didn't do it.
0: It's going to be very interesting to see and uh, where these guys end up. Uh, certainly, I'm sure there's a home for them potentially. And I say potentially because again, you know, all elite is looking for the elite in pro wrestling, and I think. One of the challenges that they have to look at As they are looking to not Replay or uh, Yeah they don't want to replay the the Happenings of WCW One of the biggest things you should avoid doing Is signing someone just because They were in WWE You -hmm. know which is where I think it could become Interesting for Ty Dillinger I think he may have to make some decisions In terms of either unleashing A new side of him Showing us some aspect of him that we've not seen Before Uh, To make people interested in him, And the other thing that could be happening Is he's just in the wrong environment You know Perhaps being in some other environment Will make him hungry And make us want to love him more We'll see Um, But yeah, Ty Dillinger Kenta Mm. TJ Perkins Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're all gone And uh, Mm. where they'll end up We don't know I'll say this though New Japan certainly could use Kento right now that's, that's more of his element. That is and, his element. But do you think
1: he still wants to wrestle? Because i am seeing him in the ring. And the last time I...
0: Yeah, you know, I think part of... Yeah, I don't... He would have to do something of great significance for me to be interested in him. Uh, because... There's only been, he... to me, in my opinion,
1: there's only been one bad takeover. And that was a takeover when he fought Bobby Roode
0: mm. for... Because he's just not, you know, he's just not there. And here's Uh -uh. what's crazy. When he first came over, I was super excited about him. But then Finn Balor came and immediately passed by him. I remember they had a match um, Mm -hmm. where I was like, oh, my God, I'm so pumped. And Mm -hmm. Finn won the match. And Finn took off. And we heard nothing else from from. But then Hideo he, got he, he got hurt. He got hurt. Yeah, and it He's took him a long injuries. time.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and at the wrong time. Wrong when he, time. When he Absolutely. got hurt, that's when Kevin Owens came in. Right. And and Joe came over, and right. and NXT was popping.
0: And, and at, at that, that point, time. there was really no more use for Hideo Itami. We didn't even miss. Yeah. him. We didn't even miss. And him. and don't. No, and don't. <laughs> so we're gonna take a break. Uh, when we come back, boy, we have a lot more to talk about. We're gonna talk about. Uh, What we can expect perhaps on Monday Night Raw It's going to be a big episode tonight Which will include a big celebration For the nature boy Ric Flair We'll talk about our thoughts on the birthday boy Ric Flair And uh, a whole lot more We're going to run into some music And we'll be back with more of the Faction Right after this Hey what's up This is Matt Stryker And you are listening to the
4: Faction On Bonner 5 Radio
2: What's going It's going to laugh for everybody that came up through the 80s and the 90s. And, uh, good old magic room, squad room, Masonic Chamber. What about Masonic Chamber, y'all? Need a little bit more, here, yeah. yeah. Panorama room, where are you? Ha. That one. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: Son. He makes the version of the faction. <laughs> Boy, they're going to love that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I'm going to say this and run. <sighs> uh, <laughs> I think I'm more afraid of Clack than I am of, of, of Courtney. Really? Yes.
0: Okay, why is that?
1: Because I, if I had to run away from Courtney, I don't think he'd chase me more than 50 feet. Um, <laughs> so I think Clack would actually... Endure in a race And try oh, to catch me He's a little more athletic boy. Oh boy Yeah
0: Well I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fool with that Shout well, out to my guys though. I love them man <laughs> <laughs> Well what I will say though Is today is a very special day Here in the world of pro wrestling It is a special Happy birthday To the nature boy Ric mm. Flair Who turns 70 years old today It's significant On a lot of levels I mean we had a moment Uh, About a year and a half ago Where we thought we were going to lose the Nature Boy He suffered a tremendous heart attack And very big health scare But he's bounced back from that um, And he's in good health There was a big surprise birthday party That happened for him here in Atlanta That brought out the best and brightest In the wonderful world of pro wrestling Everybody from Triple H and Shane McMahon To Chris Jericho and Booker T, like they were all there, AEW, WWE in one room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty neat stuff. Uh, Only Flair could do that. And, of course, tonight there's going to be a huge uh, birthday bash for him as part of Monday Night Raw. Before we get into what that could hold, uh, what are your thoughts on the Nature Boy, Ric Flair? We could probably fill up this entire show talking about Ric Flair. Your thoughts uh, on the Nature Boy? Um,
1: I'm doing. I'm gonna do a combination of things. I think Ric Flair is the most important wrestler to have ever wrestled. Wow! Wow! Hmm. I won't. I won't say he's the greatest in the ring. Okay. I won't say even though he has the most championships. I won't say he's the greatest champion. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's anyone that has stepped into the ring of professional wrestling as we know it that has been more important to it mm. than rick flair wow multiple reasons wow. multiple reasons think about it think about this my kids never saw rick flair in their prime mm-hmm. but when you hear "woo," they know exactly who you're talking about
0: yeah yeah
1: they can quote things that rick flair said and they never saw him in his prime mm. ever his prime was done in in I, uh, what, the early '90s, that was yeah, that was about I'd say a, a, when we get to it. about
0: '95, his prime was about done.
1: And uh, aside from the big name of Hulk Hogan, who has kept his name alive for various different reasons, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> name someone from that era that still has a presence today.
0: Yeah, it's it, he he is he's a special guy, particularly and still alive. Because I mean, yeah. certainly, you know, you had Andre the Giant, who I think is absolutely legendary status yeah. Oh, yeah. in our business. Um, but wow, that is a very interesting argument about Ric Flair.
1: Think about Ric Flair. Think yeah. about what he did with the belt. Think about how he would go to different territories. Sure, sure. And keep the territorial system alive as much as it could mm-hmm. before Vince pimped everybody out. Right. Um, think about how he actually would go to Japan.
0: Mm-hmm. Before
1: going to Japan was a thing. Right, would drop the belt to somebody like Antonio Inoki. Mm-hmm. Would would go to W uh, World Championship World Class Championship Wrestling. Yes, and yes. put Kerry Von Erich over mm-hmm. to establish him as a worldwide person who would take somebody like Sting, who they saw just dollar signs all yeah. over. Yeah, and basically coach Sting through a championship match. Yeah, because they needed him as that guy. He's the first guy who could lose. And still be great. Mm. He came out great putting other people over. Wow. Wow. I remember superstars. I remember um, WWE with WWF superstars. And it was the first time that they were teasing Shawn Michaels as a singles wrestler. He was still with the Midnight Rockers. Sure. And they were teasing him as a singles wrestler and they put him in a match with Ric Flair. Yeah. And it ended in a in a, a no decision mm-hmm. type deal. Yeah. But Ric Flair used that opportunity to establish Sean as that guy. And then soon after that we had the, you know, the brutus, the, the barbershop joint joint yeah. when he broke up. Yeah. But it was after he proved that he could hang in the ring wow. with Rick Flair. Wow. Ric Flair, I'm telling wow. you. Wow. All over this the significance of the impact of his name, even for what he did when Hulk Hogan came. Sure. Over to to WCW, which was
0: a which was a I I think that may have been one of the most gracious moves ever because quite frankly, I don't think anyone could ever see Flair legitimately losing to Hogan. Huh. But huh. what he felt like was going to be best for business, and there it is. Um, which is and that, incredible. but that's his legacy. Yeah, wow. he did
1: what was best for business and could lose and not lose his stature.
0: Wow. You know, it's interesting as you mentioned Flair. I think he's probably one of the few who actually his 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 aura, his legend actually grew after leaving the ring than mm-hmm. while in the ring, you mm-hmm. know. So Hogan certainly, I mean, Who can forget about the Hulkamania run during the 80s and then the NWO run during the 90s? But certainly when we got to the 2000s, outside of the, you know, one quick moment we had from Hogan in the early 2000s, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of Hulk Hogan conversation in terms of the greatness of Hogan. But like right now, Flair is held in higher regard today than he was when he was the world champion, you know? And I I think about how, here's a great example. During Flair's championship runs, he was not a recognizable figure outside of the business. Mm -hmm. Meaning, you know, you didn't have superstars from here, there, and everywhere quoting Flair. Now, they might do stuff with Hogan, they might partner with Hogan, but they didn't do that with Flair. Now, You've got football players, you've got basketball players, you've got professional actors and the, like all these people, rappers, rapper, oh my God, Flair has been mentioned in more rap songs, you know, I mean, the stuff he did with the Migos, and yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it is it is <laughs> unfathomable yeah. to think of how Ric Flair is a part of pulp, pop culture now more mm-hmm. than certainly any other wrestler in that era. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's really quite amazing when you yeah. think about uh, his ability to do that. So congratulations. But it's backed, yeah. up,
1: it's backed up by the fact that the man could perform yes. with anybody yeah. in the ring.
2: Yeah. So it
1: doesn't matter what style. Because we've yeah. seen great wrestlers have clunkers. Sure. With other wrestlers. Sure. And it's like, man, we thought this match was going to be great, but man, sure. they did not jail. Sure. Ric Flair yeah. could wrestle anybody. Yeah. And have a great match. I watched that man at a class of champions um, because I think Lex Luger got injured. Okay. And so their their substitute was a junkyard dog. Wow. Wow. And this is junkyard dog's passing prime. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So at, this, at this point, it's like junkyard moose. Like, I mean, this... <laughs> Like just real top heavy, look like a capital R. Like I mean, just like he can't move in this ring for nothing. A capital okay. R. <laughs> <And that's, laughs> it two legs and a round body. All right. Oh my gosh. And that man carried. He literally carried junkyard dog. Wow. You thought junkyard dog was about to be champion, right?
2: Right, right, up, right, right up towards
1: right. the end of that match he yeah. made junkyard dog look like gold wow and i didn't even know the nuance of wrestling at that time and i yeah. said to myself "Ric flair is making this guy look good. yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. i thought he almost won that match right right he made ellie gante look legitimate i'm talking like he would take bad wrestlers yeah and make bad wrestlers look good yeah. and still could wrestle Ricky Steamboat for a full year and never have the same match twice.
0: I mean, when you think about the diversity of the rivalries that Flair Mm has, I mean, Mm -hmm. Flair's rivalries, you take a Ricky Steamboat and a Dusty Rhodes, Right, two very different wrestlers, two very different styles. Mm-hmm. You throw a Lex Luger in there, mm-hmm. you throw a you know a Sting Barry in Windham. There, a Barry yeah. Wyndham I mean, like yeah. there were so many guys that Flair did programs with, and you were just like, whoa, Ronnie Garvin and Ronnie Garvin. Like, all these guys. It's like an old Terry Funk. Terry yeah. Funk was oh. old and past his prime. And that was one of the best feuds ever. It really was. It really, really was. I mean, Flair, and and let's consider he is the first man to win the WWE Championship inside the Royal Rumble match. Yeah. You know, and that match was a Hall of Fame filled match. It's still considered the best Rumble. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you know, Ric Flair is certainly, uh, as they say, worthy of double honor. Uh, sure. hence his uh, you know, status as a two time Hall of Famer. Well and deserved And then we gotta
1: and we gotta mention you can't mention Ric Flair without mentioning the horsemen.
0: Of course. Of course. This, and I this mean is th- a faction of the horsemen just you know, again, they were they were the elite before we had the elite. You know, they were really the the, the foundational elements of that and, and to watch how they were not intimidated by each other. You mm-hmm. know, it was kinda like Flair's the leader, but Flair's coming out to protect these other guys. Just as much as they're coming out to protect him. Protect him. him. You know, uh, Flair just, uh, you know, and again, to sit through the uh, invasion of the NWO Uh, and to sit through, like, you know, I've watched interviews and I've seen a number of things where that was a very difficult time for Flair to have Bischoff try to literally put him out of business. You know, like, that's just... It's amazing. It was to posted see that he on Instagram.
1: It. it was posted on Instagram that night that he came back after Bischoff fired him. Oh, I remember and, that. And, and 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 they were in the Texas and they were revamping. Yes. First oh. of all, first of all, that crowd was, was red hot. Oh
0: my god. Oh my. It certainly was Lafayette, Louisiana. Oh, that's Jesus. for sure. Uh, which, Jesus. by the way, my, I know Atlanta. I know Atlanta is gonna just blaze tonight. Oh. They're oh, yeah. just going to make us forget about Lafayette. I know it, but <sighs> all right. Sorry. Back to Greenville, South Carolina. Yes.
1: That night, in that moment, and this and this is another thing about Rick. Mm-hmm. You have to give Rick a live mic. Okay. Yes. Oh. And he, he came from the days of the live mic where yeah. the scripts were off the head. NWA used to have killer promo dudes.
0: Oh, my Lord.
1: Okay. Oh. <laughs> from oh. Rick. To Dusty, yeah, to Arn, mm-hmm. to Jim Cornette, yes, I mean, oh, it was—it was a thing. You had yeah. to talk, yeah, you had, you had to talk. You really and did. Rick could sell, Rick could sell a show. Oh yeah, with anybody, but oh, yeah. that night he 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 cut into something rare because it was real. Mm-hmm. It was really real, and I just—and yeah. I will never forgive the WCW for not treating Ric Flair like the yeah. treasure. Right. that he was.
0: Or for even capitalizing be. on that particular moment. The things that they could have done yeah. with that, you know? Yeah. I mean, my favorite line from that is when Flair goes, fire me! Yeah. I'm, already I'm already fired! fired. Yeah. Fire me! Yeah. <laughs> just, you can see Chris Bawad just laughing.
1: I
2: mean, right?
0: like, <laughs> he was on one, man. He was, but it was, I mean, you had an electricity there that you couldn't duplicate. You couldn't act. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just it was incredible to see, and it was one of the first times that we saw the emotional flare—the yeah. flare that would cry and had to hold back tears. You know, yeah. like it was yeah. a powerful time, and again for them to not leverage that, I think said a lot. It said mm. a lot, and so it is a good thing that, oddly enough, the place that he spent the least amount of time ends up being the place that honors him the most—that being WWE. And so uh, I know tonight should be very, very special for the next Let me player. put you on the spot.
1: Yes. Three. They'll have to be in order. Okay. But three favorite Ric Flair matches.
0: Uh, One of my very first ones has to be Flair Steamboat Wrestle War 89.
2: Mm-hmm. That.
0: Uh, Music City. Oh, my mm-hmm. Lord. Oh, my Lord. Mm-hmm. One of my next favorites was 1990. July 1990. Ric Flair and Sting. Great American Bash when Sting wins the World Championship. I cried. Oh, that was such a moment. <laughs> it was such a moment. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then yeah. I have to go to this one. I've got some reasons for it. Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 24. The oh. oh, Ric wow. Flair retirement match. Now, oh. true story, I was third row okay. at that match. And it was the first time that at a live event, I nearly cried. Wow. It was just such a special moment. Everything about it was special. And, you know, considering that Flair at this point in his career was pretty much reduced to a chop and a low blow, Mm -hmm. um, to see him actually have a great match against Shawn Michaels, uh, it it was the send-off that he was so deserving of. Um, and again, he had so many incredible matches, but yeah. right off the top, those three were yeah. just—I mean—phenomenal, phenomenal matches. How about you?
1: Okay, so I got, of course, the Ric Flair, Sting, Great American Bash. Yes. Like I did cry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. And this is the first time my grandparents would let me get a pay per view.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Um I was twelve years old. Yeah. And I would spend my summers in Shreveport, Louisiana, and they were wow. not buying pay per views. Okay. Sure. sure. So they were not doing that. Yeah, so I yeah, would have yeah. to wait until the next Saturday to show to get a recap of what mm-hmm, happened mm-hmm. on the pay-per-view. Yeah. And so that was the first one I ever saw. And when he pinned them on a roll up, I was like, I can't believe he's pinning them on the roll up right. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I think I hit the ceiling, literally. Yeah. Um second one, let's see. That was the WCW Saturday night. Mm-hmm. When he wrestled the Z-Man and he cut his chest open. Wow. With chops. Wow. He, he literally just chopped Z-Man the entire match.
2: Wow.
0: For like
1: 20 minutes. Wow. And cut Z-Man's chest open. Oh, my and gosh. And I will never forget that. I've never seen a person bleed out of their chest. And <laughs> <Good> <laughs> it was dream. embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. This God. is amazing. And then I will say there was a tag match at the end of 1989. Okay. It was great muda and dick slater mm. versus rick flair and sting mm. and wow. that match i'd never seen first of all to have literally like rick Ric flair was i hated him but i loved him at the same yes. time yes so so yes. 1989 allowed me to love him and yeah. and like literally there was a a face turn mm-hmm. during the steamboat deal well there were both faces right and then, right <laughs> And then Terry Funk tried to kill him. Yes. <laughs> and now I love Ric Flair. Yeah. But by the end of that end of that year, they had um they wrestled. And that's that tag match. Dick Slater and Sting hated each other.
0: Right. right.
1: And so there was a, a real life hate between those two with Dick mm. Slater trying to kill Sting. Other than that, we don't have time for that. Jesus. Um. But they fought and they fought out into the crowd. And it looked like like, hey, the match is over. That right. No one told Rick because <laughs> Rick is still <laughs> going after everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Sting is <laughs> trying to get him to chill. It was like, I'm not chilling. Oh we fighting. My gosh, <laughs> that was, I love it. That was Ric Flair '89. That was yeah. the best wrestling year from anybody. Yeah, from January to December. Yeah, nobody had a wrestling year like Ric Flair did in 1989.
0: And I have to throw in as an honorable mention, of course, that '92 Rumble when he won uh-huh. the championship. Uh, uh-huh. Again, I remember where I, I was in Utica, New York, watching it uh, at. um uh My aunt's adopted mother's house. We were just trying to find anywhere where we could watch it. (laughs) (laughs) And to watch it there was, I'd never watched another pay-per-view there in my life. But (laughs) that one, I I was just, oh, man. I I loved, absolutely loved it. His match at WrestleMania 8 was good with Savage. It actually was. And I had written off WrestleMania 8 because it just was, to me, one of the most boring WrestleManias. And I've tried watching it multiple times, um, but yeah, that Flair Savage program was a special program. I mean, he was, you know, it's funny, watching, uh, you know, now that they have superstars in the WWE network, Mm -hmm. um, I was watching an episode, it was the episode right after that Wrestlemania, where they first showed this whole idea that he, we now call it photoshopped. The image of him and Elizabeth, and they had a whole other name for it, and I was like, "Oh my God, Photoshop <laughs> in '92!" <laughs> it was crazy, man. So Flair was just a part of some super big moments, and tonight will certainly be a big moment for him. Um, again, congratulations to the Nature Boy, Rick Flair. Big announcement, or not big announcement, but a big, you know, party happening for him tonight. Big celebration. I'm sure. So, how long be- do
1: you think it's gonna take him to cry?
0: Oh, he, listen. Flair Flair cried. I watched Flair cry coming down the aisle, WrestleMania 24. Like, Flair, you just gave the whole thing away. You're crying now, you know? Like, he's just, there was a time where he could control it. And now that he's 70, he definitely can't control it. So there will be tears, and then you put Flair on a live mic in Atlanta tonight. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think it's going to be really, really memorable. I think he cries on his way down the aisle. It doesn't take <laughs> him long at all. He doesn't take him long at all. Well what was a, that was a segment where it was supposed to be him and
1: Charlotte and uh, they were backstage. Yeah. And Charlotte's supposed to be a heel. Yeah. And Ric Flair's like near tears next to her. Right. <laughs> you, <laughs> oh in this moment Rick <laughs> like stop crying man get
0: it together oh God get it together so tonight should be very very special for the nature boy Rick Flair it will also be special because it's the WWE return of Roman reigns Roman reigns returns tonight uh his first time back since his cancer announcement back in October. We've not seen the only thing we've seen of him is, of course, the promo for him in the Rock's new movie that's coming in June. So, the big question for everybody is what we're supposed to get an update tonight on how he is with his leukemia. What do you think happens tonight with Roman Reigns?
1: Man, I don't know. Um, I'm not, uh, I, I want to believe that he really needed this time off that there were complications with the illness. And that was the sole reason Mm. as to why that's what I want to believe. Um, but we also talking about something
0: else. (laughs) This is
1: also the WWE, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and while the reception, I don't think they were too bothered by the reception that he was getting because any response warrants money. Sure. You know the response you don't want is crickets yeah. when you know when people come out yeah. and nothing happens, uh, which is basically what's been for two hours of raw. Sure. Um, the analogy that I gave earlier about Powell Gasol mm-hmm. and with the Lakers and how one person makes a difference—you slot Roman Reigns back on the Raw, back into the programming, and it just evens everything back out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think they see very clearly at WWE how much they need that character yeah um in in the ring seth rollins is the best on the raw roster
2: Mm -hmm. but
1: we are not coming to see seth rollins
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i don't set my dvr to see seth rollins Mm -hmm. i don't Mm -hmm. right now becky lynch is carrying this thing as far as the attention that we what people want to see yeah but we need to see roman roman is is vital to the wwe brand Mm -hmm. for his product in more ways than one. And this has been, it's been more than evident yeah. by his absence. So I don't know if they're working into a storyline, if he's ready to come back wrestling. Right. Um, but I do believe for a surety that he's gonna be in a ring in an action capacity at a WrestleMania.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. That was, I a, believe that. That was, a, you know, so I have a couple of thoughts. Number one, I I remember uh, There aren't a whole lot of wrestling moments We get these days where we go I remember where I was Hmm. But I absolutely remember Standing at my kitchen sink Trying to be a good husband And washing the dishes while (laughs) Raw is on Now you know that's trying to get good husband (laughs) points And I'm watching And my wife's on the couch And we're watching uh, Roman come out and talk And I wasn't initially greatly moved That he had uh, street clothes on you know, that didn't, it didn't register to me like something's about to happen. There had been no reports throughout the day that anything was going to happen. This blindsided everybody. And um, to see how the announcers were messed up, you know, to see the shield come out in tears, this yeah. is a very real situation. And I'll say this if, if, and I don't want to believe that WWE concocted anything, but if they did, this would be the lowest of the no. low. Like this is not one of those things that you play with. I think Roman coming back, at least to greet the people, to give us an update, I think is a good thing. Um, you know, and it may lead us to obviously a, a return at some point. Perhaps it'll tell us when that return is. Um, Certainly WWE needs him There's no doubt about that And I think we all have come to recognize The need for Roman Reigns Um, Mm -hmm. It's great And I'm sure somewhere V. George Smith is just You know (laughs) Oh man, he's dancing and twirling And twirling and whatever he can (laughs) In all of his Jamaican ways But um, you know I I don't know what's going to happen tonight Um, But I do know That WWE is very smart They have stacked the deck. They have given us Ric Flair, a birthday celebration on his birthday in Atlanta. Then you bring on Roman Reigns, who hasn't been seen in WWE in six months. Then you add on to that you know if Flair's there, Charlotte's going to be there. You know Becky Lynch is going to show up. It feels like can't miss television. Um, It really, really does. And Roman Reigns is going to be on Good Morning America tomorrow. So something significant has happened.
1: Something significant.
4: Very
0: significant. and Now, it it could go one of two ways. It could be the significant return of Roman Reigns. Or it could be maybe Roman is leaving us. I mean, I, I think back to Daniel Bryan. He retired one night. The next night he was on Good Morning America talking about concussions and all that jazz. So mm-hmm. I really don't know where this is going to go. And then eventually
1: Daniel Bryan returned.
0: He did and he returned two weeks before Wrestlemania. So <laughs> <laughs> this I mean it is is—it is very conceivable but here's the question. If he returns for Wrestlemania how does he return and not end up in the main event? We're going to answer that when we come Back. More Roman Reigns conversation, Monday Night Raw, and um, is the dream really over? we we'll going to talk about Velveteen Dream. It's going to get very interesting. We'll be back. Speaking of Velveteen Dream, let's go to his theme song. You may or may not want to hear it after the next segment. We'll see. But here it is from CFO. You've got it locked to the faction, powered by Bonner Fide Radio.
4: I got a lot left in the time! What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to The Faction. VELVETEEN TRAIN.
1: Son, Welcome back to the faction. If you don't recognize my voice right now, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I'm James White. You just heard from the Velveteen Dream. The Great Black Hope, that's what I call them. Uh, the Velveteen Dream theme music. What's going on, GB?
0: So, uh, we're going to talk about the Velveteen Dream in just a second. But the question that we left off with before we went to break was if Roman Reigns returns for WrestleMania, Is it possible to see him not in a main event capacity? What do you think?
1: Roman Reigns is main event.
0: So you think this becomes potentially a triple threat for the Universal title? I don't. Or do you think... Oh, I have an idea. I'll see if if you have the same idea. What do you think?
1: My, My idea is that we have one last hurrah for The Shield as we know it. Hmm. I believe the match between Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar takes place. Okay. I believe the match I'm just I'm just putting some fantasy bullshit out here. Sure, sure. Let's just say the match ends in a disqualification hmm Brock just starts destroying Seth. Okay. Putting him through tables and such, destroying him. Even inadvertently destroys Paul Heyman in the midst. Just turns into this beast of a beast. Mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose comes out, tussles with him, but ultimately gets upended by the beast. And then Roman's music hits. Mm. Mm. Out of nowhere... He does a run down to the ring, mm-hmm. takes some time to take it all in, walks down to the ring. By the time he's walking down to the ring and Brock is looking for him, saying, Come on, come on, come on, all of a sudden he gets double ended by Seth and Dean. Okay. okay. And then we have our classic, everyone hits their finishers Yeah. on Brock. And then we have our classic shield moment. Yeah. They put Brock through the table, they're standing strong as the shield. And that's how WrestleMania ends.
0: So, yeah. mm, okay.
1: So they protect uh, to protect Roman Reigns from having a full length match. Uh huh. He comes in, does a Superman punch and a spear. Yeah. Can handle that.
0: Yeah.
1: Put a guy through a table. Limited action. Yeah. Has that big huge moment. You leave WrestleMania on a high. Okay. If it closes, I don't think it's going to be the main event.
0: No I think I think Charlotte and Becky and Rhonda will be the main event. but I think one of you have one of two scenarios that could also play out. You could have scenario one where you have Seth versus Brock and then the ref gets knocked out, the lights go out. When we come back, the shield is standing strong, having power bombed Brock through a table. To ensure that Brock is done and Seth actually wins the title, which is kind of a new thing that the Shield would support Seth with Seth as the champ, which we haven't Mm. seen that. So that's one thought. Another really crazy thought. If they don't go with Kofi versus Daniel Bryan... Which needs to be for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. My thoughts are that Kofi will not win the title at Fastlane, but it will set up the WrestleMania rematch that we've been wanting, where Kofi on that stage becomes a champion. Listen, listen. After the, way we, after the way we took over the Oscars last night, we will not be denied. you going to crown a, a black WWE <laughs> champion at WrestleMania. Yes, you will. If after 91 years we finally yes, got yes. a black Oscar, we are going yes. to get... A black WWE yes, champion. It's gonna yes. happen at WrestleMania. So we shall overcome. We My shall God. overcome. <laughs> Don't y'all be weary and well doing. Don't get mad. <laughs> Don't boycott the WWE <laughs> network if Kofi doesn't win in a couple of weeks. Listen. Because the WrestleMania listen, to have him to me it's more significant. Him leaving WrestleMania as champion, then coming into WrestleMania as champion. That's the bigger moment. We don't remember who comes in. We remember who leaves. So I I think that's the moment. But if they don't go with that, which would be totally dumb, imagine (laughs) Roman Reigns declares a comeback to fight Daniel Bryan. For the mm-hmm. WWE Championship, the Battle of the Two Comeback Kids. Mm. And Roman wins. Roman becomes the man on SmackDown as SmackDown goes to Fox. Just throwing that scenario out there. Because well. one thing we do know, I think there are a couple of forces working um. You could call it against WWE, but I think there are pressures that WWE's feeling right now that they haven't felt in a long time. Obviously, this billion dollar deal with Fox, the impending success of AEW, um, all of these things coming together are forcing the WWE to have to go in directions that they've not gone in before, which is partially why it may be good for Roman not to be champion because they need to do something that they haven't done. To Mm -hmm. get the attention of the people Because the people want something So that means a Brock can't be champion That means it's good for Daniel Bryan to be champion But when the people are screaming for Kofi You need to Can you imagine a Kofi-led WWE Going against AEW You got problems on your hands now Now we got some potential competition So it's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out But I want to offer something to you That, and and I'm glad you're here because I want to have this discussion. We have all considered AEW to pretty much be a lock for the game changers that they could potentially be. Um, We've seen the way they've done Double or Nothing. uh, Double or Nothing sold out in four minutes. Um, You know, uh, they had actually 44,000 people in queue to get tickets. Uh Wow. Which, according to Cody, says we need a bigger venue. Which is amazing to think. After your first card, which does 12,000 people, you need a new venue. Um, But for as big of a deal as that is, AEW's having a challenge they don't want to talk about. It's the challenge of the signing of Nyla Rose. Who is the first transgender wrestler in a major company. But the other people, the other thing that people are having a hard time with is Sunny Kiss, the very openly LGBT uh, Q member of the roster, who is we've heard the term flamboyant used over the years, but um, he's very open about his sexuality. He's in another relationship. He's in a relationship with another wrestler. He's very open about that. And there was a recent post that. Uh, AEW did talking about a number Of their wrestlers uh, One of them being for Sonny Kiss And it got a lot of very Negative commentary And some of the commentary even through there Talked about how you know If this is what AEW is going to do We're going to stick with WWE Some have said if this is what AEW's Fan base is going to be like This is not bode well For AEW Here's my question to you Yeah, they got a hundred million dollars in things do you think that the signing of a Sunny Kiss or a Nyla Rose could actually, in an attempt for AEW being forward-thinking, could it actually cause more harm than good for them?
1: It depends on the direction of where they want to take it. Okay. You can't be mainstream. Like the WWE is, Mm -hmm. and take this particular risk. Mm. Um, If you're catering to a particular market of fans, Mm -hmm. and you say the bandwidth of where we're going is going to be here, and we value this over what it could be, I mean, just look at the WWE and how much they've changed their programming. Because I mean, you know, back in the early 2000s, they were near soft porn. Right. 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 And when you become a publicly traded company you can't do correct all of that stuff mm-hmm. um so it depends on the nature of where they want to go i i hope they have a strong infrastructure the infrastructure of the wwe is what has kept it to be a viable product as it is sure even with lackluster wrestling brands mm-hmm. um <clears throat> but their business model is strong and solid yeah so with that That's what AEW has to consider, and right now you build that up with your content. Mm -hmm. And if if they're forcing this, and it's an unnatural force, and we're not talking about Sonny Kiss and Nala Rose for the quality of their in-ring work, Mm. then we got a problem.
0: You know, here's my thought. I don't know that people necessarily watch wrestling for the sake of social commentary, right? You know, so, granted, WWE in the 80s and in the 90s would try to take advantage of the whole patriotism thing, you know? So, you know, whether it was the Iron Sheik or Nikolai Volkov and, you know, the chance against him would naturally be USA you know or during the Gulf War Sergeant Slaughter goes bad and now he no longer represents the United States you know it tugs at somewhat of a visceral emotion i think it's interesting in watching how the WWE has done things that you get in these days and times a velveteen dream for instance who his the way his character has been shaped is significantly different than when he was first introduced you know he was first introduced as this you know androgynous type of you know uh, non-gender identifying type of individual who swiftly turned around into something different that was just more flamboyant and more artistic and to your point it was the great matches that ultimately helped us to love him. Um, I think Nilo Rose and Sonny Kiss have probably more pressure on them than they intended to have mm-hmm. just because of those situations. And again, people don't watch pro, people watch pro wrestling uh, the same reason they watch most other sports as an escape from their everyday lives. You know, there are certain questions now that these things are causing people potentially to ask that they didn't have to ask before. Um, And in fairness, these are scenarios that even we as wrestling fans have not had to deal with before. Mm -hmm. Case in point, so you had way back in the day a gorgeous George, right? Um, and that evolved into Adrian Adonis. Right. You know, right. Who a lot of people forget about Adrian Adonis. But before no. we had Gold Dust, yes. you had Adrian Adonis. With the pink. With the pink. Yeah. I mean, when he went yes. from, you know, wearing the leather <laughs> to wearing the full-on pink and the eyeshadow yeah. and even calling himself Mrs. Adonis at a time. Mm. Imagine good. what I could do to you. <laughs> right, you know? I mean, uh, like, yeah. you had that, and then the 90s, mm-hmm. you had Goldust. Goldust. Um, who, you know, man, who could forget him, you know, doing CPR and Ahmed Johnson, and, you know, just like, it was just, those things were unthinkable. Yeah. I think now is such an intriguing time, and it. It's just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I do know this. um Just like we've seen in football, just like we've seen in other sports, when it comes to sports, people are less concerned about what you do outside of the sport and more concerned with what you do inside of the sport. Uh, Absolutely. I think back to Michael Sam, you know, and people wanted to say he got cut because he was gay. No, he got cut because he wasn't good. No, nice he's trash. And I think if, if you know, Sonny Rose – uh, you know, excuse me. Yes. Sonny Kiss, Nyla Rose, they're going to have to really, really. And both of them are interesting yet different scenarios. The idea of a Nyla mm-hmm. Rose being a transgender, you know, identifying now as a woman, but being born as a man, there are obviously strength concerns. I did watch um, some of her stuff on YouTube, and I, I don't know that I was convinced. One way or the other. Um, mm. I've yet to see. I need to go check out and investigate Sonny Kiss, but it's all a different wrinkle in the wrestling yeah. industry that can either be an amazing move for AEW or could be the Achilles heel.
1: But, and, and it goes back to this they got to be good. Yes. You know, I mean, Darren Young. Mm-hmm. Um, was openly gay. Yeah. Darren Young wasn't really that good. No. But I can name a bunch of straight wrestlers
2: mm-hmm.
1: that weren't that good right. and they didn't cut it. You know, the right. danger comes and now we protest everything. And so now when we deal with these people, and let's just say they they can't cut it. Right. Now do we use their sexuality as a scapegoat and right. do we have that backlash or you only release Sonny Kiss because mm-hmm. he's gay, you know, you know, and so you have to deal with all of that. Yeah. Can Sonny Kiss deliver quality matches, entertaining matches yeah. that you can monetize mm-hmm. as a business? That's the question. There's the question. And is it worth it? The people that you mentioned, Gorgeous mm-hmm. George. Yeah. Adrian Adonis. I remember Adrian Adonis yeah. coming to to Mobile, Alabama. Wow. In the mid 80s. Wow. Okay. And you have to understand, our state Holy was a cow. homophobic state. Yes. Okay. Yes. And he was able to entertain mm-hmm. some some of the staunchest rednecks. Yes. And, and still yes.
0: pull it off.
1: Yes. How can he was good in the ring for what he did. Right. Right. Goldust right. is Dustin Runnels. Yes. That guy can wrestle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in mixing their their androgyny of whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. they mix it in with telling good stories in the ring. Right. So once again, if you're more known about this, then can Nyla wrestle in those matches? You've got a controlled environment, so it's not like MMA mm-hmm. where you know there's where it really comes in. Like you got a person mm-hmm. built as a man fighting another woman, right? In, in the w, in wrestling, there's more of a controlled variable there, mm-hmm. so they can get away with it as long as you stay away from obvious power moves, yeah. you know, things of that nature. Yeah, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, this this is going to be interesting to watch. So certainly we'll be checking it out and we'll, we'll let you know. So there's another interesting thing before we get out of here that I think uh, is worth talking about. So there was a picture that surfaced uh, a couple of days ago coming from the NXT camp with a number of African-American wrestlers. Uh, Keith Lee, ACH, Montez Ford, Uh, a number of guys, and it was posted all over social media with a lot of great pride to it. Um, A lot, a lot. A lot of us were very excited about it. And so our friends at Black Wrestling Alliance, who have been uh, very kind in supporting our show, and we've been supporting their content, they have been big supporters of the African-American wrestling experience. And so they posted said picture Um, to really just congratulate so many people. Well, they were promptly DM'd by the Velveteen Dream. And the Velveteen Dream says, take this down, remove the image with my likeness in it, please and thank you, and then went on to threaten and say "WWE social media department will be in touch if you don't take this down. Proceeded to block Black Wrestling Alliance, even though Black Wrestling Alliance tried to say, hey, listen, we don't mean anything derogatory by this. This is fantastic. It's great, etc. He blocked them um, and just was not very kind. I've heard a number of stories that would uh, support this account relative to the Velveteen Dream's treatment of people. Uh, Black Wrestling Alliance has made this public So you can go to uh, their Instagram account And check it out At Black Wrestling Alliance To see the entire story All of the details surrounding it Um, My question to you is Will these kinds of occurrences Ultimately create great backlash For the Velveteen Dream Or is it just a drop in the bucket And he'll continue to go on and be an uh, NXT North American champion and do all the other things that he has done. What, what, what do you think,
1: man? This is my first time hearing of this.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's a wow. problem.
1: It's a problem. Um, Patrick Clark, you got to be careful, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, I know we don't make a make up a strong contingency of the wrestling world so you know I hate to say it like that but you know we are minorities in the united states we have we're even more of a minority in wrestling um so you don't get too many of us and so when you have moments like that i mean just think about when evolution happened and we saw the backstage photo of bianca and ember mm-hmm. and and sasha and naomi yeah. and uh alicia fox yeah and they were walking together and they yeah. named it black excellence like yeah. you know we are not normally in these spaces and being treated well, right? In these spaces, right? Like that, I've never known that to be more than three, right? At any time in the company, right? A <laughs> right. uh, whole company, like right. you know. And so to have the possibility, like that moment with a new day and Sasha and Rich One yes. were all champs, yes. You know, like this is this is bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And and I know not every black person. Feels the onus of representing an entire culture whenever they do something. Sure, and I get that. You know that could be wearisome. I'm, I'm more than just being a black man. I'm a man. Yes. You know, and so I, so I get that. Um, but also bear the significance of what's happening in the wrestling now. You've got legitimate black male wrestlers
2: mm-hmm.
1: that have the potential to be world champion. Yes, like that's huge, mm-hmm. and that tells. That tells other people in our culture that you can do this, yeah. You can make it, especially someone as young as Patrick Clark is, right, right. Um, so I don't know all the details, so uh, oh, but that's man, you you want us on your side, Patrick?
0: Like you, yeah, you. you <laughs> You do not want to turn against us. because yeah. uh-huh. y- You know, the, the, the one thing that's always intriguing to me is it's always interesting to me to watch how people treat people they don't think that they need. Mm-hmm. When you're not aware of a person's influence or range and you just mm-hmm. mistreat them because you feel like you're currently on top, uh, it mm-hmm. is very telling. Uh, As I've often said, the most influential people are people who are not in front of the stage. They are behind the curtain, sometimes way behind the curtain. But they're the ones who determine when the curtain opens and who gets on the stage and the like. And uh, one of the things that's different, perhaps now more than any other time in this sport of pro wrestling, is the influence of the fan. Um, There's so much fan-generated content out there. It's far different than any other time in the wrestling industry, you know. So, you know, you used to be able to measure a wrestler's success based on, you know, ticket sales, merchandise, etc. But now what's happening is the social aspect of it is becoming just as large. Because if you can galvanize people on social media... You, have, I mean, think about how many things we've seen happen because of the rise yeah. of social media. Okay. Not just in wrestling, but, you know, on the mainstream news yeah. circuit. Yeah. I think when there are continued stories that float around, not just about wrestlers, but about any public figure, being rude, being inconsiderate, um, not caring about their fan base, it creates an issue that you cannot escape. And if the Velveteen Dream is not careful, his career will be over before it starts. I thought he took a big risk just before the last takeover, talking about he wasn't gonna, you know, he was staging a protest, you know, that you know until you see my worth and value, there will be no more likenesses of me, etc. That lasted about a week, and then all of a sudden he shows up at takeover. He's part of halftime heat. Now he's a champion. perhaps that was their response to this, but here's what I do know. no company including WWE wants a whole lot of bad press. None of them do. They can't afford it. And believe it or not Patrick Clark, you were fired from uh, from 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 tough enough. partially because of your attitude. We could argue perhaps there was some Hulk Hogan racism involved, but I don't know if I want to get into that. But I will say this. You managed to come back. You managed to become very charismatic. Listen, being charismatic is a wonderful thing. Being a jerk is not. And um, there are are growing occurrences of him not exactly being the kindest and most warm and welcoming person uh, outside of the ring. And Mm. you've got to realize that in a business like this, whether you are a villain or you are a fan favorite, it is the people who ultimately keep you going in this business. And Mm. so you cannot be mean and rude to them. It'd be different if, you know, Black Wrestling Alliance was saying something, you know, derogatory. He's been nothing but supportive. And so I think Velveteen Dream has to be very, very careful. No, because these kinds of stories piling up, they don't create a good thing for you.
1: It doesn't take long for us to turn on you. It doesn't either.
0: It doesn't because we have options. Right. Absolutely. To your point, it's not like there's just one African-American figure in the business. So we have to, to herald our support on that person. No there aren't. You know, there are multiple people we can herald our support behind. And let's just throw this out there. We don't we're, we're not monolithic people. We're not going to just throw our support behind you because you're black. You need to be black and good. Better you know? be good. You got to be good. Yeah. And so yeah. we like you because you're good and it's an extra added factor that you're black, but rest assured if you're a jerk, that will uh Trump dare I say (laughs) All of those issues I promise you So I need Velveteen Dream to get his act together Because uh, you keep Doing that and remember We're media right So we're the ones that help tell the Stories or we're the ones that shut down Stories if we don't feel like telling them Because you're not being kind to us
1: I think this would be a good time to call him up And I'm going to tell you why Because he would have the opportunity To be mentored by someone like Mark Henry, mm. and I don't think Mark Henry would, and uh, I don't think Mark Henry could give him anything in ring that's more significant. But how they handle himself in the business, yeah, yeah, absolutely,
0: yeah. Uh, Mark Henry would be necessary if he would be open to it, because that's the other thing. He's young, and sometimes youth makes you think some pretty weird things. So, yeah, we've heard the same thing out of Leo Rush.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And, and, and they are friends, ironically. They, they came out out of the same wrestling beginnings. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, these young guys and you can just really it's its part of the generation that I hate to be like that get off my lawn type person yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Generation X. But but they're so talented and they're so smart. Right. That sometimes they feel like I don't need any other wisdom than the one I'm already attaining out of mm-hmm. myself. And there's always something to gain from those who came before you. Absolutely. Always. Absolutely. So hopefully you can get that in order.
0: Yep, we'll be watching for that. And uh, certainly we'll keep you posted as we find out, you know, what's happening there. And who knows? Who knows? Anything could happen. One thing's for sure, Mm -hmm. we'll certainly keep our eyes peeled tonight on Monday Night Raw. should be a huge, huge night. And, of course, we'll be back on Wednesday with our normal radio show. But until then, here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media. James. Ah,
1: you can reach me at James H. White on Facebook. I'm J. Harris White on Instagram. I'm J. Harris White also on Twitter. And I'm telling y'all, Ric Flair is going to start crying around 5.35 p.m. today. It's going to be well before (laughs) Raw.
0: Oh, well before. Well, if he's not crying right now. He may be. He's probably crying right
1: now. I think the alcohol that he stored up in his body over the amount of years oh it's just it may not even be tears it just may be like Jack coming out of the eyes. This man needs a way to
0: get out <laughs> all this liquor in my system <laughs> that is hilarious he's oh out
1: here just sweating god. liquor so yeah that's what's gonna
0: happen
1: <laughs> hopefully they'll allow Jay Lethal to come through and give a right tribute to him that is would that, be yeah oh
0: that'd be amazing oh my god. that's gosh. one
1: of the greatest moments in wrestling history it really is it really really
0: <laughs> is it's like a mirror image of each other it's incredible <laughs> oh my gosh certainly you can reach me at bonner fight on all of mentioned platforms and you can follow us at the faction show on instagram and on twitter of course we'll be back on wednesday but do me a favor share this podcast with a friend and or a loved one or a wrestling fan and let them know what you like about the wonderful world of pro wrestling and about the faction so until next time it's the Faction, powered by Bonner Fide Radio. Salute
4: my people, here we go. Salute my people.